Well, hello. How are you? It's uh, Peter Lawrence here. Just turning the channel of the TV in case something comes up. Friday, November 18th, 2022. Friday, November 18th, 2022. Slava Ukraine. Heroium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you. I, I get. I work hard. This week has been a lot of work this week. Uh, I try and bring as much as I can. I hope you appreciate me because I truly appreciate you for coming. Uh, if you can, bring someone with you today or this weekend. Uh, tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Maybe you want to argue with me. Maybe you want to say hi. Whatever. That's fine. It's cool. Um, and don't forget, today is Friday, and that means don't forget to look for the Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. Don't step on it. Please look carefully at it. See what it is. Remember, we had one last Friday when Trump said he wasn't going to um, uh, appear before the committee after he said he would be willing to do so. <laughs> anyway, let's start. Let's start with, um, uh, and today should be about the same length as yesterday's. So uh, we'll start with uh, uh, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, Russia hopes, well, this is actually America and Russia, right? Uh, Russia hopes for a prisoner swap uh, with the United States, including convicted Ru- Russian arms trafficker Victor Bout, also known as the, uh, what is he known as? The the merchant of death, right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> quoted by Interfax, Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Ryabkov said, I want to hope that the prospect not only remains, but is being strengthened and that the moment will come when we will get a concrete agreement. The Americans are showing some external activity. We are working professionally through a special channel designed for this. Victor Bout is among those who are being discussed, and we certainly count on a positive result. I think Russia wants more than Victor Bout, but Victor Bout isn't isn't worth. Uh, uh, I mean, is is worth more than way more than Griner and Paul Whelan together. I think they want somebody from another country, uh, and I don't think the U.S. is going to be able to do that. Anyway, Bout is also known as, like I said, the Merchant of Death. Uh, the possible swap includes uh, American basketball uh, uh, center. She's a center, right? Uh, or is she a guard? I forget. Uh, or a point. Uh, Brittany Griner, facing nine years behind bars in Russia after being convicted on drug charges, carrying hash oil inside of a little plastic container, and, uh, a little one of those cartridges. And former Marine Paul Whelan. Uh, Brittany Griner could be home by Christmas. It would be nice to not have the Republicans beat beat us up over this, beat anybody up over this. Ukrainian experts have arrived at the scene of the explosion in Poland after a missile hit a border village that uh, killed uh, two men. Ukraine's Minister of Defense, Dmitry uh, Dmitro Kaliba said, Ukrainian experts are already working at the site of the tragedy and Prezwodow, 
uh, caused by Russian missile terror against Ukraine. I am grateful to the Polish side for granting them access. We will continue our cooperation in an open and constructive manner as closest friends do. Um, and, and of course, uh, Poland, Poland, uh, they are siding with Ukraine about that. It's horrible that these two people were killed, but they know they know that this is all Russia's fault. Uh, Swedish investigators have found traces of explosives at the site of the damaged Nord Stream pipelines, confirming sabotage. Uh, the Swedish prosecution authority said in a statement, analysis that has now been carried out shows traces of explosives on several of the objects that were recovered. The investigation is highly complex and comprehensive. The ongoing probe will determine whether any suspects can be identified. And I will, I will die on this statement. It was Russia that did it so they could get Nord Stream 2 going. They did it. No one else had a reason to do it. Uh, The EU's energy policy. Uh, uh, EU and uh, the EU's energy policy chief told the Reuters news agency that the European Union expects to have <clears throat> its regulations completed before introducing a G7 plan to cap the price of Russian crude oil on December 5th. EU Energy Commissioner Kadri uh, Sim- Simpson said, "Simpson, Simpson." Uh, Our sanctions will cover crude for EU member states, so we will not buy Russian crude oil starting from December 5th, and we covered the possible oil price cap for international buyers with our eighth package of sanctions. If the G7 will decide the exact price cap level, we also will need a council mandate for that. And uh, this is, of course, because uh, uh, Russia is causing the high price of crude which makes them profit even more off of it for their war. And we want to stop the profits for the war. The fascist leader, Viktor Orban of Hungary, called EU sanctions against Russia a step towards war, describing the bloc's Russian policy as dangerous. Orban said during a radio interview, it's a step towards war if someone intervenes economically in a military conflict, adding that, Taking a stand could quickly amount to becoming an actual belligerent. He added that by supplying destructive weapons, training Ukrainian soldiers on our territory, sanctioning energy, the EU was endangering itself. Orban has sought to take a neutral position since Russia invaded Ukraine, refusing to send Kyiv military aid and opposing uh, an $18.6 billion EU support package for Ukraine. And remember... Republicans love Orban because they want the U.S. made in Hungary's image because Orban has made it, has devolved Hungary as a democracy. Uh, After that decision at The Hague yesterday on the Russian strike of a Malaysian Airlines flight MH17 in 2014, Russia said yesterday that the Dutch uh, court decision to convict two former Russian intelligence agents and a Ukrainian separatist leader for shooting down Malaysian Airlines, uh, 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 the Malaysian Airlines plane, neglected impartiality. 
The Netherlands has summoned the Russian ambassador after the statement. The Dutch foreign ministry said in a statement, in doing so, referring to the statement, Russia discredits the Dutch constitutional state. That is absolutely unacceptable. Uh, Foreign Minister Wapke Hoekstra said these remarks by Russia were utterly despicable and totally removed from reality. A Russian news agency reported Russia's defense ministry said that its air attacks in Ukraine yesterday were aimed at military and energy infrastructure. The ministry's daily briefing said it used long-range weapons to hit defense and industrial targets, including missile manufacturing facilities. President Volodymyr Zelensky said in last night's video address, about 10 million people have uh, been left without power since the strikes, adding uh, that uh, authorities in some places ordered forced emergency blackouts. Ah, man, they're, they're going to go through a tough winter. Uh, Ukraine says almost half of the country's power infrastructure needs repair following waves of Russian aerial attacks that have disrupted electricity supplies for millions of Ukrainians. Uh, appealing to Ukraine's European ally, allies for support, Prime Minister Denis Schmigel said, Only on November 15th, Russia fired 100 missiles at Ukrainian cities. Nearly half of our energy systems have been disabled. Uh, the Moscow-appointed governor of the uh, Crimean Peninsula, Sergei Ak- uh, Aksionov, Aks- Aksionov uh, said, Fortification work is being carried out on the territory of Crimea under my control with the aim of guaranteeing the security of all Crimeans. Russia is strengthening its position on the Crimean Peninsula as key forces reclaim territory in the neighboring uh, Kyrgyzstan region. And I told you, didn't we talk about this? Crimea is next. That's why they uh, they, they had to go through Crime, uh, uh, Kyrgyzstan before going to Crimea. I didn't have to. That made it easier because then they can, they can work towards uh, going towards the Black Sea and cutting off aid to Crimea. And uh, it would be difficult to send ships once they get to the Black Sea. Uh, I'm sorry, not the Black Sea. I said the Black Sea. Uh, The Sea of Azov. Once they get to the Sea of Azov. Yeah. (sighs) Moving on. Um, Where was I? Uh, Pope Francis has reiterated that the Vatican is ready to do anything possible to mediate and put an end to the conflict between Russia and Ukraine like he has any power here. Uh, Russia seems, uh, Putin says he's, this is Christian's reasons he's doing this. He told the Italian daily uh, La Stampa, the newspaper, everyone must commit to demilitarizing hearts starting with their own and then diffusing uh, and then diffusing disarming violence we must all be pacifist wanting peace not just truce that may only uh, serve to rearm real peace which is the fruit of dialogue which is ridiculous you can't expect putin to play by those rules what's with this hearts and peace crap it ain't gonna work now that i have your attention let's try and fix the rest of the world All right, let's start with that noose tightening around that bright orange neck. 
Uh, and we got a couple things going on there. The select committee to investigate the insurrection has created a subcommittee, which will continue after the select committee wraps itself up. This, according to Chair uh, Benny Thompson, is for outstanding issues, including potential criminally re- criminal referrals to the Department of Justice. Thompson told journalists at the Capitol that he established a subcommittee led by Representative Jamie Raskin, Uh, about a month ago. The subcommittee's other members are Representatives Adam Schiff, Zoe Lofgren, and Liz Cheney, the full panel's vice chair. Uh, Thompson noted that they're all lawyers. He said, we're looking at potential referrals or criminal offenses and for civil offenses and for general lawlessness where it might not otherwise be obvious. Now, I wonder... As an attorney, can Cheney be hired to serve on the group when she's gone from the house? I wonder that. That's a question I need to ask. Uh, Anyway, uh, he said, we're looking at criminal and civil referrals for people who have broken the law and may have escaped scrutiny. Thompson said that we need to have a decision as to what uh, what we do with the members who did not recognize the subpoenas. It's cleaning up every unfinished piece of work for the committee. And that part of it just fit better in some subcommittee. Let them come back and report, and we'll make a decision. Uh, Thompson said the panel will also look at how to respond to the Department of Justice's request for uh, deposition transcripts and other information. Uh, More on that noose tightening around uh, Trump's neck. Yesterday, the bright orange neck, uh, yesterday, a team of U.S. legal experts published a model prosecution memorandum laying out potential charges against Trump related to his handling of classified government documents since he left office last year. The memo, authored by a group of former federal prosecutors, defense attorneys, and other legal experts, and published at Just Security, provides a basis for prosecutors and their supervisors to assess whether the case meets the standards set forth in the federal principles of prosecution, which permit prosecution only when there is sufficient evidence to obtain and sustain a prosecution. Uh, Ryan Goodman, a former Pentagon special counsel, current New York University law law, uh, professor, and co-author of the new memo, said the team's exhaustive, exhaustive analysis of all prior prosecutions brought under the same criminal statute that most directly applies to Trump shows how difficult it will be for the Justice Department to decline to issue an indictment. How difficult it would be to decline. Not to indict, but to decline. It's difficult to decline. Trump's conduct is indeed much worse than most of those prior cases and involves a host of aggravating factors that one seldom sees in cases brought under the Espionage Act uh, retention clause. Uh, Democracy 21 president and memo co-author Fred Wertheimer said, Trump's status as a former president and as current presidential candidate is and must be treated as irrelevant by Attorney General Merrick Garland in deciding whether to indict Trump. Garland's decision must be based on the facts, the law, and the standard of applying the law equally for all citizens as detailed in our report. He added, the process also 
is far too advanced to now start over with a special counsel to lead the investigation. The memo analyzes six federal crimes, retention of national defense information, concealing government records, conversion of government property, obstruction of justice, criminal contempt, and false statements to federal investigators, uh, uh, according to the memo. That's what it argues. Based on the, it argues based on the publicly available information to date, a powerful case exists for charging Trump under several of these federal criminal statutes. Oh man, prison time. Uh, can he can he be president while in prison? I wonder. I mean, there's there's nothing in the law that states a president can't be. Uh, can't uh, be president while in prison, right? <laughs> oh, good. That's something I got to tweet. Uh, let's uh, let's add to this. Let's add even more. Uh, I read a great CBS news story, and I'll and I'll try to encapsulate it. Uh, three law firms involved in the Trump Organization's criminal trial, including one representing the prosecution star witness Weisselberg. Remember Weisselberg. Uh, recently received payments from political groups associated with Trump. The payments totaling more than $500,000 in the last two months made by the Save America PAC and the Republican National Committee highlight what appear to be close links shared between the Republican Party and Trump's personal and corporate legal apparatus. The issue is these entities are required to spend money only on election-related activity. Now, okay, could you argue that clearing Trump of criminal charges makes it more possible for him to get elected? Sure, but buying him a boat could make him more appealing to watercraft voters. It's a slippery slope. I mean, come on. Oh, okay, uh, well, you know, um, let's give all the money to uh, to Trump because that'll uh, that'll make him... Uh, more equal to other billionaires and, you know, then they'll vote for him. Come on, really? These payments have also made it to other Trump lawyers who are associated with Alan Weisselberg. Uh, Nicholas Gravanti, a partner at the New York firm uh, Cadwallader, Wickersham, and Taft, who was in the courtroom with Weisselberg, was asked yesterday if the payment was related to the Trump Organization trial. Gravanti said, I have no idea. I don't think it was in relation to this. Asked again today the same question. He said, no comment. (laughs) The same day, Save America paid uh, Gravanti's firm. September 23rd is also paid $100,000 to Vanderveen, Hartshorn, and Levin, according to FEC records. Michael Vanderveen represents a Trump organization company in the case. His firm previously received almost $150,000 on February 7th from the Republican National Committee. If this all seems sketchy. You're thinking back to something that's in the back of your head. Vanderveen represented Trump during his second impeachment in February 2021. That year, the firm was paid more than $780,000 by the Make America Great Again PAC and the RNC, according to FEC records. The RNC has made five payments this year, totaling more than $885,000 to Neshelis Law LLP. That firm comprises 
two attorneys, Susan Nichelis and Gedalia Stern, who are both representing Trump Organization Company in the Manhattan trial. The most recent payments were $116,000 and $236,000 approximately on October 5th and September 7th. A lot of sketchy stuff going on here. A lot of sketchy stuff. (laughs) So, let's move on to uh, who could replace the Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, and leader of the Majority Party Conference uh, after she announced she would step down, the leading candidate, Representative Hakeem Jeffries of um, uh, New York, uh, he's 52 years old, has long been believed to be one of the next in line should Pelosi step aside. Jeffries would be the chamber's first black Democratic leader. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer uh, sent a letter to Democratic uh, members yesterday issuing his endorsement for Jeffries to be minority leader. Uh, Representative uh, um, Catherine Clark of Massachusetts, she's 59, is expected to be a strong contender to be Catherine... uh, um, Where was I? (laughs) Contender to be the the next minority whip to replace Jim Clyburn, who's like 80-something, right? Uh, Representative Pete Aguilar of California is 43. He is expected to be contender for caucus chair, which is Jeffrey's current role, which would mean he would be the future leader uh, if uh, uh, in, the, in, in like 20 years if Jeffrey steps down, 10 or 20 years, whatever. Uh, time to call out Biden. And you know, you know, I always call out Democrats faster than I call out Republicans because they should know better. And I've called them out for this before, for, the, for other stories related to this. I'll just say, rock in a hard place, you know. Uh, yesterday, the Biden administration, uh, administration said in a U.S. federal court filing that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman should be granted sovereign immunity in a civil case brought by the fiancé of murdered journalist Jamal Khashoggi, a stance that human rights act advocates condemned as a betrayal of the president's vow to hold the Saudi leader accountable. Lawyers for the U.S. Department of Justice wrote in the new filing that the White House has determined that the def- defendant bin Salman as the sitting head of a foreign government, enjoys head of state immunity from the jurisdiction of U.S. courts as a result of that office and is entitled to immunity from the court's jurisdiction of this suit while he holds that office. I might argue that no one is above the law and that he was not the head of the government when he ordered the Khashoggi murder. Well, technically he didn't order. He just said, yeah, you could do it if you want. Uh, Khashoggi's widow tweeted in response, Jamal died again today, hashtag injustice, hashtag Jamal Khashoggi. Rights groups pointed out what I suggested, that while Bin Salman, commonly known as MBS, has been the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia for years, his formal status as the country's prime minister, a position traditionally held by the king, was enshrined less than two months ago, which seems very convenient that it happened just as the case was coming up. 
A U.S. intelligence report released last year determined that MBS approved an operation in Istanbul, Turkey, to capture and kill or kill Khashoggi. But the Biden administration has yet to take any steps to punish the crown prince directly, despite Biden's campaign promise to make Saudi leaders pay the price for Khashoggi's murder. The thing about it is, the Biden administration could have just shut the fuck up and said nothing. The administration was not required to express a view one way or another on whether MBS should be immune from legal action in U.S. courts at all. This is a slap in the face from Biden. This shows that Biden is still Saudi Arabia's little bitch. That's me calling out Biden. And just in case you're unsure of where Republicans stand, let's call them out too, uh, on how they stand on whether to allow people to get away with crimes, especially against women. This so-called law and order party, the GOP, voted against protecting the rights of employees to share their stories and pursue justice without fear of retribution for violating NDAs signed prior to instances of sexual misconduct. Corporations force employees to sign NDAs, and then when they get molested or raped, the corporation points out that they aren't allowed to speak about it. I think thou dost protest too much. What do you think? 109 Republicans voted no. How many here believe there are 109 Republicans worried about their NDAs being ruled illegal? Show of hands. I I, I see some hands in the back. (laughs) This bill will allow people hampered by NDAs to speak out and sue their abusers. Why would you vote against it unless you were worried about being accused of abuse yourself? Voting against it would protect predators. Uh, In addition to banning the use of NDAs between employers and current, former, and prospective workers in cases of sexual assault and harassment, the Speak Out Act also invalidates existing NDAs in cases not already filed. That's why they want to vote against it. In March, Biden signed a related bill that bars companies from resolving claims of sexual assault and harassment through forced arbitration. Uh, Why would Republicans be against this? I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you get it? Maybe you get it. (laughs) And speaking of little bitches, uh, that's referring to, uh, you know, Biden being a little bitch. Uh, DeSantis got bitch slapped today uh, in court by an, uh, or bitch slapped in court by an Obama appointed judge. Did yesterday he bitch slapped him. Slapped him. Uh, yesterday, a federal judge blocked key provisions of a Florida censorship law that aimed to restrict how state university prof- professors teach race, gender, and U.S. history. But it's not what he did that's cool; it's how he did it. Winston Smith would be proud. Uh, you know, I always said if I ever had a child, I'd name uh, a boy, I'd name him, uh, you know what, even a girl, middle name, Winston, Winston Smith. Uh, he quoted Orwell's 1984, Judge Mark Walker of the U.S. District Court 
uh, for the Northern District of Florida, wrote in his decision, It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13, and the powers in charge of Florida's public university system had have declared the state has unfettered authority to muzzle its professors in the name of freedom, which, of course, temporarily halted enforcement of parts of the law championed by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. Walker, Walker continued, To confront certain viewpoints that offend the powers that be, the state of Florida passed the so-called Stop Woke Act in 2022, Redubbed in line with the state's doublespeak. These are his words. The Individual Freedom Act. That is truly doublespeak. Uh, uh, the law, <laughs> Individual Freedom Act, when you take away freedoms from professors to say, uh, express their individuality. <laughs> the law officially bans professors from expressing disfavoring viewpoints in university classrooms while permit this is him still speaking while permitting unfettered expressions of oppo- uh, opposite viewpoints. Defendants argue that under this act professors enjoy academic freedom so long as they express only those viewpoints of which the state approves. This is positively positively dystopian. And of course, Republicans are the most serious serious violators of doublespeak. You hear it all the all the time. They they name their bills this and that, and it's always doublespeak. Uh the you gotta read 1984 if you haven't read 1984. Uh the decision which concludes that the GOP law violates the First Amendment rights of public university f- faculty and students marks the second time Walker has ruled against the Stop Woke Act. Uh, In August, the judge blocked the part of the law that pertaining to private businesses. In his ruling, Walker points to eight specific concepts outlawed that are under the measure, including the notion that such virtues as merit, excellence, hard work, fairness, neutrality, objectivity, and racial color blindness are racist or sexist, or were created by members of a particular race, color, national origin, or sex to oppress members of another race, color, national origin, or sex. In other words, saying, saying, saying that uh, uh, creating a, a law against racism was created by the opposite race, which makes it racist. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I'm liking this, Judge. Despite Florida officials' insistence that the professor plaintiff's proposed viewpoints must serve as a mirror image for each prohibited viewpoint, the proposed speech needs only to arguably run afoul of the prohibition. An argument against, and that's an argument against the law, Uh, Adam Steinball, an attorney with the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, uh, which has a a great acronym, FIRE, Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. Uh, he's the one which sued, uh, uh, th- th- that's the group which sued uh, Florida officials over the censorship law. Anyway, he said, it is very simple way that is quite understandable. Uh, and, and he, let me try that again. He said in a, in a very simple way. That is quite understandable that faculty members are hired for to offer opinions from their academic expertise, not toe the party line. 
supposed to be towed to the party line, but that's okay. Uh, Florida's argument that faculty members have no First Amendment rights would have imperiled faculty members across the political spectrum. And I agree completely. Another day, another North Korean missile, this time another ICBM. Uh, The intercontinental ballistic missile was one that the Japanese defense minister said has the potential to reach the entire continental U.S. The launch would be North Korea's second test this month of an ICBM. The White House quickly condemned the launch, saying it would take all necessary measures to guarantee the security of the U.S. and its allies, South Korea and Japan. Vice President Kamala Harris, who was in Bangkok for a regional forum, said the launch was a brazen violation of United Nations Security Council resolutions and called on North Korea to stop further unlawful destabilizing acts. It's like a weekly statement against them. Uh, The U.S. and South Korea responded to the launch by holding joint Air Force drills involving advanced F-35A fighter jets. The U.S. and Japan also held joint Air Force drill. South Korea uh, said the suspected ICBM was launched from the Sunan area in Pyongyang, uh, the North Korean capital, toward the country's eastern waters around 10.15 a.m., which would be like uh, 5 o'clock Pacific time yesterday. Uh, Japanese Defense Minister Yasukazu Hamada said the ICBM-class cl- uh, ballistic missile had landed in the waters west of the northern Japanese island of Hokkaido. Uh, the missile is believed to have flown about 620 miles at a high trajectory and reached a maximum altitude of 3,728 miles, uh, depending on the weight of uh, any warhead it carried. He said the missile could have a range of more than 9,000 miles miles. Uh, Let's move on to local. Well, local for Colorado, but national implications. Uh, In Colorado, uh, Maggot, M-A-G-A-T, Lauren Boebert, psycho, right-wing psycho sociopath, uh, her house seat is not decided yet. With 95% of the vote counted, she leads by only 543 votes. Uh, state law calls for an automatic recount if the final margin in the race is less than a percentage point. I would call that considerably less than a percentage point, which would uh, and it would need to be completed by December 13th. Uh, the deadline for the receipt of ballots from members of U.S. military living overseas was uh, yesterday. Uh, voters were also given until yesterday to cure ballots that were initially rejected for reasons such as they can mismatching signatures. That all had to be done by yesterday. Uh, Now, officials in the state expect that the final tally could be announced on Friday. If necessary, a recount could be ordered before December 5th. We're just going to, I'm just going to call it right now. There's going to be a recount. Uh, Democratic challenger Adam Frisch could take it in a recount, but if Boebert's lead is more than a few hundred after this count, that may be doubtful. Usually recounts don't sway much of the tally. Eh, Either way, we will not know about this for about a month, a little bit less than a month. As of today, uh, excuse me, this afternoon, uh, Boebert was ahead of of Frisch by a margin of 0.16%. As of yesterday, rather. 
yesterday afternoon. Bobert was ahead of Frisch by a margin of 0.16%. Considerably less <laughs> than what's required. So, yeah, there's going to be a recount. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be cool if Bobert lost? Oh, I would love that. I mean... The only thing that would be better than Bobert losing would be Marjorie Taylor Greene losing. Anyway, moving on. Finally, employees are leaving Twitter in droves after Elon Musk gave them a choice of working their ass off more than they usually do, including eight-hour weeks or taking a three-month buyout. Musk is in trouble. He's going to need some people. Remember, Musk is a huge fan of non-union workers. And uh, these workers are probably union workers. Uh, That's one of the reasons Tesla does not qualify for many government subsidies because he abuses workers with substandard pay. Anyway, Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Friday, November 18th, 2022. Friday, November 18th, 2022. I really appreciate you so much. Bring someone with you uh, today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Remember, today is Friday. Look for that Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep when politicians throw something out there in the news hoping it'll escape the 24-hour news cycle. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.